0: But what pushes me is to see other people that, not only people that I've met, but also people that I haven't met yet that are pushing, that continue to push, even after they achieve certain goals and achieve certain things. Um, And I just think, like going back to what I said before, that goes goes into unlocking your gift. And I think once you unlock your gift and you embrace it and you embody it, then the work becomes easy. It doesn't become hard anymore. It becomes easy because you have purpose and you're moving with purpose cool and great are out out for out. having me man i'm
1: excited i'm excited how excited yeah, are you okay. scale of one through ten how excited are you 12 are you nervous okay.
0: no nah, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right everybody Welcome done a few of these is everything i'm so glad that we can introduce our guests first of all let me introduce the guest podcast host Mr. Eugene Allen the third. Eugene
2: what's up? people. What's up? What's up? I've been uh I've been behind the scenes, but I, you know, decided to show the show the pretty face. Let's go.
1: Now you're live and direct. <laughs> right. You want to do the honors and introduce our guests?
2: Oh, for sure. So our guest today, uh I've known him since what? What ninth, eighth grade, seventh grade? We've known each other forever. Uh, we played basketball together. Uh my guy, he he's doing some big things. We'll talk about it later on the podcast. Um he's he's been pretty much inspiration. This for pretty much everyone. Um we'll talk a little bit more, how big of inspiration he's really been, but he's he's definitely uh he's definitely been going through a little bit of adversity, but he's shining. Uh and that's my guy, Jay Boogs. Let's go. Appreciate,
0: Appreciate you, Jay. Happy to be here, man. Pleasure. Pleasure
2: yeah. to be here. So, uh, uh, Devon. First, we'll uh, pretty much. This is Corey. Uh, this is my right-hand man. Um, so he's. Yes, a sir. We we have a movement going on. It's called PCE Peace. It's a uh, passion changes everything. So we're uh, we're actually into marketing and business solutions. Um, we also obviously we're doing the podcast thing. Uh, we love it. We've had some great guests. So um, welcome to the family. Welcome to the PCE family for sure.
1: Yeah, my boy.
0: Appreciate <laughs> you guys, man. Nice to meet you, Corey. What's going on, big dog?
1: Big chilling. For the people I <laughs> inside, I got a nice little setup, but I'm at my girlfriend's house now, so I'm outside in the boonies with the woodpile, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to unofficially, officially meet you. For sure. All right, so we're going to go but I want to know your story. I want to know what you're about from the beginning to end, everything that you care to share with us. I want to know let the people know.
0: Definitely. Um, So my name is Jovan Booker. Um, I was born with a birth defect called fibula hemimelia. So I was missing three of my toes um, and I was also missing parts of my tibia and my fibula. So I had my leg amputated when I was 10 months old. So I've been wearing a prosthesis since I've been about a year old. Um, I'm a multi-sport athlete. Uh, I played sports the majority of my life. I played soccer starting from when I was five till about 15. I mean, I still play competitively too. Um, I started playing basketball when I was about eight, uh, playing CYO. Gene knows a lot about that. And then sure. uh, from there, from there, um, I played JV varsity basketball. I was a Long Island champion in 2011. Um, and uh, my father was, was kind of like my coach. He was the biggest influence on my life as far as sports and growing up. Um, and being an athlete, and he was an athlete as well. He played soccer, basketball, um, so he was kind of, uh, he's been the person that always, like, pushed me and wanted me to excel in sports, and ever since I was you know, growing up, he never really never really saw me as somebody with a disability. Um, he kind of encouraged me to always see myself as normal and capable of doing anything anybody else is doing, so um, growing up, I never really let my amputation stop me, um, I went then from there I went, uh, I graduated with my bachelor's from Stony Brook University in business management um, and now I'm working on my master's at Hofstra in uh, sports science with a focus in strength and conditioning, kinesiology, um, working towards taking this whole journey of me being an athlete growing up and being an amputee um, and just trying to fast-forward now. Um, pay that forward um, in another sense and give back to the sport in the best way I know how.
2: Let's go. Love
1: I love it. So I let's re- go. Let's have go. A master's go. degree except for me. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah,
2: I know you gotta you gotta, <laughs> get, you gotta. you gotta get in the master's club. I'm still
0: working, dog. I'm still working. you are not there yet. I'm just. I'm still working.
2: I you re- gotta get in the master's club.
1: Use any extra education. I'm so against it. <laughs> <I'm> so over- <laughs> I was over school since I, as soon as I left high school, I was over it. I was was with Gene though. All right, no, I really love that story though. So what do you, what do you do
0: now? Like, what do you do for work? Um, So right now, uh, along with being a student, um, I'm a youth basketball instructor and program coordinator in our local, uh, local town, South Old Town. Um, I'm also a uh, leader, player, and ambassador for AMP one Basketball. They're a nonprofit organization based out of Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Ability360 is our our sole sponsor. They're the only uh, 360-degree fully accessible um, gym in the country. Um, So basically what that means is is for any adaptive athletes, anybody who is missing an arm, limb, um, paraplegic, wheelchair, anything like that, it's basically the central hub um, for them to be able to go work out, um, present different outlets for them as far as sports, recreation, different things like that. Um, And our program, Ampline Basketball, Uh, is solely uh, focused on motivating, educating, and inspiring young athletes like ourselves, um, all of us being amputees from different circumstances, to be able to go out and aspire to be the best versions of themselves that they can, as well as um, make positive uh, societal change and impact in their own communities. Um, and we use the platform of basketball as a tool um, to be able to do that, to travel around the country. Um, we're working with a lot of different D league and NBA teams to work on kind of like a curriculum where we can um, host clinics all over the country um, and be able to kind of bridge the gap between able-bodied athletes and adaptive athletes and kind of bring it together to kind of build this village um, for young athletes coming up.
2: That's cool. Uh... I even know, so obviously AMP One. You remember when they came to high school, like in the beginning. So you you definitely have to tell them that beginning story because it was crazy. I might have been, I want to say like a freshman or something. Freshman, right? Yeah, Yeah. I was going
0: to say freshman. it
2: It was like a freshman and they they came in, they're like Amp One. Everyone's like, what's Amp One? Like, everyone's heard of Amp One basketball. Uh, maybe not these younger kids, but Amp One used to be like, before Balls <laughs> sure. and like all this stuff, like Amp One was, it was, it was where you it's saw. Professor, yeah. oh baby. Yeah, it's where you saw like, <laughs> the, this talent that NBA guys didn't use. So you definitely got to tell us a story about how you got involved with Amp One because that was just from the outside looking in. Uh, just watching these guys core. I mean they're dunking everything like it was it was crazy just to seeing it and I'm like, whoa, that's weird And then next year I remember uh, when you graduated, you were like, boom, he was playing I was like, yo, this is incredible. So you definitely gotta tell him about uh how you just got involved with that.
0: Definitely. Uh, it's crazy because like the same reaction that like you had to them like was the same reaction like same reaction I had like I'm like, this is so crazy like I've never seen, I mean, you know, we live in a small town, Gene, like where yeah. we grew up, like I'm the only one,
2: you yeah. know what I'm
0: saying? Like I'm the only one. So I grew up thinking that like, I'm the only one, like I'm the only one doing this. Um, and to have them kind of come to my school and, and do what they did and hoop and speak and share their stories and be bold enough and courageous to, enough to share their stories. Um, and some of the adversities that they overcame um, was just super inspiring for me at the time. I mean, I was 17, Um, I had lost my dad at 14 to a massive heart attack on Christmas Eve. Um, so it was, it was difficult, a difficult time for me. And I kind of, um, I, I, not only did I see like inspiration from them, they were became like instant role models in my life. Like I had not really seen any amputees that I could really like, I, I feel like just gravitate towards or relate to, or even just from a, even beyond a role model perspective, just be able to share things with that you can't really share with like. With other people that aren't going through the same struggle as you are, or have the same adversity that you are. So when I was able to um, to meet them, and not only were they gracious enough to take me under their wing and let me travel with them, but I I developed like brotherhood, like a brotherhood relationship with them. Like these are my brothers. Like um, we came from, you know, even though our all of our struggles are different, we came from a similar place. Um, and not only did we overcome those struggles, but we all kind of we we locked into understanding that we have this purpose in our lives to be able to bring this to a, a, a further destination or to leave it in a better place than where we came onto it. Um, so when I was 17, they came to my school, they spoke, they played, they actually invited me out to play the first year and I didn't play because honestly I was I was just shook like I didn't know I didn't want to step out there and embarrass myself nonetheless did I want to go out there and feel like I wanted to steal the show like they stole the entire show like the gym was shut down the whole community was shut down like the, nobody had ever seen anything like this before so um, they invited me to travel with them and I, I think I did a few events with them um, prior to my senior year. And then I invited them back my senior year um, to play in a game. And I actually played with them against my former high school teammates, which was really powerful for me as well. I mean, growing up, like I never, like I played basketball since I was eight years old. And I never had anybody take it easy on me ever, like ever. Like my friends busted my ass, Gene busted my ass. People <laughs> like, like, bro, like I, I never had anybody take it easy on me. So it wasn't like, oh, like this dude got one leg. It's like, oh, this dude's out here just hooping, and and we gonna give him the same treatment as anybody else. So um, to be able to have the opportunity to kind of step out and and and, and play with some guys that um, kind of come from a similar place to me, and we put a, I think it was. Uh, it was a very close game I think it was like 85 83 or something like that and you know to see these to see obviously it's powerful to see guys with one leg go out and compete but we're just not guys with one leg like we're hoopers Um, and it was just an amazing opportunity Um, and from there I I started traveling the country Um, I was kind of a shy dude coming out of high school I mean not not in a sense of speaking or or being myself, but in a way of sharing my story and sharing kind of the struggles that I went through. Um, And through traveling and through being humbled by other people's stories and seeing kind of um, some of the things that my grandma would tell me growing up, like, you know, never really look at your situation like you have the worst situation because you'd be surprised when you go out and you see in the world that there's other people out there that are struggling worse than you. Um, So being able to actually, you know, live that was was it was a humbling experience um, and it kind of allowed me to grow and be able to share my story more and, and realize the, the impact of what sharing my story does for other people that are kind of going through similar situations. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started with AMP one and I'm still uh, fast forward now. Um, it's just kind of an amazing time being, obviously it's tough now that we are going through this pandemic and all that. Um, it's been hard to kind of, <laughs> it's been hard to really just maintain everything, especially when you're on, people like us on the move a lot. Um, but um, it's been it's been a blessing to see kind of where things have evolved to. Like when yeah. I was first starting out, it was just a bunch of guys going out and sharing their stories, speaking at schools and speaking at different, um, like speaking engagements, which we still do now. Um, but now it's evolved to the point where we're legitimately working with NBA teams to see how we can kind of impact the game um, from a youth level um, and be kind of a different, give a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Um, from from an adaptive athlete as well as um, it's, we do a actual, we do an annual clinic every year with the Golden State Warriors. Um, and that's kind of how all this kind of progressed is that we realized how much of an impact that having adaptive athletes, athletes like myself, and then younger athletes like myself in the same gym with able-bodied athletes, um, taking that stigma away from people looking at one person the other and seeing how different they are and putting them together in the same gym, um, teaching them the same principles, foundations of the game, as well as leadership principles, and then allowing them to go back home in their own communities and be able to impact their own communities from what they're able to learn and what they're able to, how they're able to grow from um, events like that and being with other kids and then also their parents, which is a super like, thing that people overlook. But like you see, like, like for my grandma, like when she was raising me, she didn't really have an example of other parents to look to, to be like, okay, like, this is how I raise a kid in, in, in this situation like she just did her best and this is how it turned out you know what I'm saying but to be able yeah you know what I'm saying like that's my angel and and like she's a she's been a rock for me but not every other person in this world is blessed with that type of circumstance so to be able to, to kind of build a platform and a structured way to be able to go about it um I think is super important and it's like um that's that's kind of where we shifted and that's what we're doing now which I think is just yeah. like a full circle
2: evolution, you know. That, that's important, especially like able body. Like I've really never even heard that word. Like that's yeah. that's just that's powerful. Like you you being you. That's what you guys are actually trademarking yourself, and that's just a better word. That's that's strong for everyone. Doesn't matter if you are an able body person. Just uh, trial and error. First of all, that happens with. It doesn't matter if you were born without a limb, like what your grandmother did. That's what every parent and whoever raised you that that's what pretty much needs to happen doesn't matter really matter the circumstances and just pretty much going through um, that adversity how important was it just like you were talking about obviously no one really took it easy on you especially in a small town where we really didn't see any able body athletes how important was it that people really didn't care we we just we played again we treated you like everyone else like that that's important even being from a small town. So if you can just go in detail with that, because I know probably some of the players that you play with on your amp one team and uh even your soccer team will get into that. But they definitely didn't have that same experience where people they because you gotta think we play imagine Corey you play against someone with uh with one leg in football. You're gonna be like Yeah, like you're or you have people that are gonna run them over or you're gonna have people that are gonna be like, oh wait, I don't want to tackle them. So there's two ways there's two ways to really go about For playing with sure. an athlete like that. So just kind of go into like that whole, um, that whole process. <laughs> you just got to go into that whole process. <laughs>
0: right. Definitely. Um, it was everything, man. I mean, I've like, like I said, growing up, um, if I did have people take it easy on me, I think it would it would show. Um, But I think more of the fact that I had people who really, like, they saw what I was trying to do. Like, they saw that I wasn't just out out there to, like, be recreational or be good. Like, I wanted to be really good. Or, like, I wanted to be just as good as them. Or I wanted to take their spot. Um, So a lot of the times, it wasn't like they were looking at me as, like, oh, it's Joe with the one leg. It's, like, if I don't actually step up and guard this dude, like, he's going to make he going to start making me look stupid or I'm a, now, now after a few possessions, it's like, okay, like I'm not, then people don't see it. I played full games where people like look down after the game and were are like, wait, what? What happened to your leg? And I'm like, bro, I, we just played a full game. Like, and I was <laughs> like, I was, <laughs> what you mean? You just noticed yeah. now, Like,
2: I told you, I had 30
0: on your head. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> but um back to back to you know back to the original question i think it was everything i I think it was a it turned into a work ethic thing um that my dad just really instilled in me at a young age um and it was just like when we would leave and play games you know whether it was soccer or basketball if it was 21 or if it was a serious game cyo whatever like i would get home and i would still like want to work Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would get home and I would still want to go out in the field and put, you know, and and touch the ball around. Or I would want to still go up to the courts and and put shots up. If it wasn't that day, that night, then it was the next day. And I'm working on the things that I, you know, that I did wrong. Or my dad was putting me through drills and different things like that. Um, So just that constant, constant, I guess, um, just feeling of wanting to be better. And my dad just instilled that in me at a young age where it was like, if you want to be better than the next person, you just got to put the work in um, and the results will show. But you got to put the work in and you got to work harder than them. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to if you're gonna just show up to the gym and think that you're going to cook everybody, that's not going to happen. Like the real ones that are showing up to the gym, cooking everybody, they're putting the work in outside of those times. They're putting the work in that nobody else is seeing. Um, So I think that's really where it all started with me was just with my dad. Like, he was just my biggest, he was the biggest influence on me. Like, he was my coach. He was my best friend. You know, he was the person who kind of introduced me to loving sports and my passion for sports. Um, And, yeah, I think that just, it kind of just carried over into every other sport that I played. And then it started to carry over into, you know, um, the teams that I played for, like even, the, you know, even our Long Island championship team, like we were definitely weren't even really the most talented team. Um, we just happened to put it all together at all yeah. the right times um, and a little bit of luck on our side too, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but we just, you know, we worked really hard. And I think that, that that's something that, um, that I take pride in is my work ethic. Um, And I just think that that's what's kind of fueled me to always want to be better and always wanting to um, strive to be the best version of myself.
1: I love that. So what's the level of competition like for AMP one? Like what kind of teams do you guys play against?
0: So usually um, we play against uh, former, former college athletes. We play right now. We're really not competitive based as far as playing against able bodies. We just do it more for entertainment purposes, like playing against able bodies. But right now, what we've done is is we've actually um, created a landscape for stand-up amputee basketball. So we hold two annual tournaments every year in Phoenix um, where we invite some of the best amputee stand-up basketball players in the country to come out um, to compete and to be able to kind of have um, an opportunity to showcase their skills um, and have an opportunity to kind of um, to see what we're doing and be a part of what we're doing as well as just spreading awareness um, But some of the former competition we played, like we've played against former NBA players. We've played against um, former collegiate players. We've played against. That's crazy. Um, yeah, like we've played against a lot of real deal hoopers. Um, and we've held our own always, um, which is something that I think all of us as competitors, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely take pride in as well. Um, but for like I said, it's at this point, um, like we, we don't really have much to prove as far as being the best amputee hoopers in the country or the world like we honestly believe that wholeheartedly like there's nobody really competing with us we more now or less just like we're trying to build um, a platform to where we can actually compete internationally um, which would actually raise the bar for um, kind of a lot of the things that we're trying to do like as an amputee, as a as a stand up amputee basketball player, like there's not many people like us because there's wheelchair basketball, and like obviously you guys have seen wheelchair basketball yeah, before. Yeah, that's what people know. That's a
2: people yeah,
0: know. and that's the first thing that people think of when they think of somebody who's has an amputation. It's like oh, they can they can go and play wheelchair, um, and shout out to the wheelchair dudes because that is some. It is one of the most challenging sports you could ever imagine. Like like. We're good hoop. Like we're, Gene, you're a great hooper. I'm a good hooper. But honestly, like sitting in that wheelchair is a whole different wo- ball game. Like it's a different world. Yeah, um, they can like, so like I bump
2: get, into each other, right? Like, oh like, man, crazy.
0: bro, bro, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but I definitely I tip my hat to them because it, it's it's a challenging sport and it's a lot harder than it looks. And they make it look easy. Um, but like our goal with AMP one is is that we just want to be able to have people understand that there's a choice. Like there is a choice to be, you know, an opportunity to be a stand-up hooper, just, just as much as there's a choice and an opportunity in being a wheelchair hooper as well. Um, and we don't want to ha- have any stigma between the two. Like, I'm not trying to say wheelchair, like, go do wheelchair or go do stand-up, but just actually to be able to present the choice, I think, is super powerful. And that's something that we're trying to do um, as far as, like, one of what's on our agenda.
1: Absolutely. Who's the best basketball player you've played against?
0: Um, I would say some former Kentucky guys. Um, no, like, it, it wasn't any, like, household names, like dudes that are in the A right now. But we went to Lexington, Kentucky, and we actually had the opportunity to do a, an NBA halftime show um, and whom we played against some of these former Kentucky guys. Um, and they're, they were the real deal. Um, they were the real deal um, for sure. And they showed it for sure. I was gonna say
2: they were hooping. They were really <laughs>
0: hooping. <laughs> yeah, off the backboard, everything. <laughs> you know, and some of these guys are like a few years out too, haven't even hooped in a little bit. So it's like they still were kind of, you know, you can see the you see the big jump in talent for sure. Yeah, playing <laughs> Kentucky guys—that's no joke for anybody. Yeah, seriously, yeah.
2: it don't matter. They five years out. They you uh, yeah, shoot, no. you shoot. <laughs>
0: Different. Different. But that was an amazing opportunity as well. I mean, that was the first time I ever, well, we did a halftime show for the Dallas Mavericks, which was the first opportunity I got to kind of be on the NBA court It was just like a dream come true for me um, at any level. But um, that, that Lexington trip was a really amazing opportunity. Like we got to do a halftime show. We were also in um, Lexington for like Big Blue Madness, which out in Kentucky, bro, they go so crazy for basketball. Like they live, eat, breathe basketball. Like, like I'm talking not just like moms and dads, grandmas, aunties, uncles, oh. everything. Like, go Kentucky, Kentucky. That's
2: Kentucky. <laughs> that's what that's, the, that's my second favorite team. Now, <laughs>
0: like, um,
2: favorite? what do you say?
1: Who's your first favorite team?
2: Lander University, baby, they got, yes, you know, they got this guard on that team, number four, Xavier Allen, do the research. Problem, Problem. Yeah, do, do the research. Hey, if there's Read a senior year, come on. Read about it. Let's go. Freshman <laughs> of the year, watch out, I promise you. Watch out. Yes, up. sir. Yes, hey, sir. Hey, that's your shout-out. That's your shout-out.
0: No <laughs> oh, promotion. <laughs> I think <laughs> to give a shout-out for sure. I know, for you sure. got to for that.
1: Pair of shorts, no (laughs) (laughs) all jokes aside, who wins in a one on one? You or Gene? Me, come on,
2: (laughs) come on, look at this. Come on, come on. on. I did. X is, I promise you, X might mess around when freshman year, he's not beating me. He's a college hooper now. Look, (laughs) look, let him know, (laughs) let him know. Come on, you know how I am, though. Come on, we we <laughs> named this piece for some passion, changed everything for some. Line me up against LeBron, I'm gonna say I'm gonna win. Like it's not. I love it. I you guys, it. you know, you know my energy. Supreme confidence. I come on, know. come on, Corey, you, energy. you come on, big <laughs> energy. Come on. <laughs> come on, I did. LeBron will <laughs> be.
1: <laughs> LeBron, you got it. If you're listening to this. <laughs> <you got it. laughs>
2: Alright, Corey. You you against uh who what's old boy from uh the Patriots? Football is me. Gilmore? Me. All right.
1: Me. All right. Exactly. That's it. the energy. Basketball. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's why anybody else got it.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you you very showtime. Or you versus prime time. Oh yeah. Me. You versus prime time, Corey. <laughs> Me. Hey, anybody? Name them.
2: Yeah, let them know. Odell, Odell, you're not getting off the line. Jam. Yeah, Corey, come on, that's energy of both sports. Look, Corey had to get up. E-T, look, look. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I'm way too far. Okay. Nah, let's so, you, go. What is that sound? Oh, that was me. (laughs) My phone fell on the controller. So do you
0: get nervous before any of your events? Sheesh. Uh, For sure. I mean, I feel like if you don't, if you're not nervous sometimes, I mean, it's different when you're playing sports because I feel like it's like you kind of just have to lock in, but like, especially when I'm speaking and I'm doing big events, like I'm a little nervous just because I care so much, like, you know what I'm saying? And I have a lot invested into it. Um, so definitely a little bit of nerves, but, um, I feel like I've had a lot of practice speaking, like growing up, like, and especially kind of getting thrown into the fire at like a young age at 17 and, and kind of having to step up and, and, and really just go out there and, and sometimes like wing it. Like when I was 17, I didn't really have all this, like my whole story, like, you know what I'm saying? Like put together and and wrapped in this like, you know, presentable box to give to people. Like it was more or less me just like spilling and being honest and and people just kind of like reacting to it and then like being able to kind of construct it from there. But I mean, yeah, like a little bit of nerves, but now I'm so comfortable just being able to um, just get my message across. I mean, I'm I'm definitely confident in who I am. I know who I am. So it's definitely easy, uh, easier for me to kind of just, um, to just get through it, for sure.
1: Absolutely. Does AMP1 have, like, practices and stuff? Like, how serious do you guys take it?
0: We take it really serious. It's hard. It's been hard now because it, we just haven't been able to be with each other. Um, we can't travel. So um, it's just been a lot of, like, individual training, um, respectively, like, just trying to stay ready so we don't have to get ready, um, which is something that we all kind of, you know, we all kind of push each other to do. Um, and I mean, it's hard when we're all across the country. Like we don't, it's not like we get the opportunity really to practice that much. Like we, we maybe if we get to see each other like four or five times a year, six times a year, that's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Um, so just being able to honestly like continue to build from every time that we're with each other. Like, so, you know, if we see each other two months, two months ago, it's like, we set goals. We set goals as a team. We set goals as an organization. We set goals individually. And then two, three months later down the line, it's like we, when everyone comes back, we have a sense of accountability to where we expect everybody to come back and have, you know what I'm saying? Have accomplished the goal that we set out. And if not um, they're still working and, and and we know we're all working. That's just kind of the, the relationship we've developed over time is that we all just we trust each other you know we know each other and we know even when the camera's not rolling or when we're not posting that we're still putting the work in so we try to stay ready for sure right.
1: can you take me through like your childhood of growing up being kind of different from everyone else like were there any yeah, where people were like like what the hell is that you know a little kids <laughs> They're very brutally honest sometimes. Do you have any
0: Definitely? So- Definitely. I mean, growing up it was just like it's just like any other situation. Like I was different. Um, I'm missing a leg. So I mean, accidents happen, like I'd be out on the soccer field during recess and go kick the ball, and my leg would fly off like ten feet. That's and crazy. people is looking people's looking like what the hell? Some people crying, some oh, people God. laughing, some people pointing. And and I mean, it's like that was that was my childhood, you know. And, and I think growing up through that honestly shaped me to who I am today, just because. But, but
2: let the let the people know what you did. That your leg flies off across the field. What
0: you you went and got
2: it. You kept playing.
0: Oh yeah, I, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, that's that's what you're supposed to do, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that don't faze me.
2: Yeah, um, but a lot of people
0: don't have I think more confidence. or less. I think more. <laughs> I, yeah. I And I, and I definitely, I definitely, um, I definitely, I feel like it, it was natural to me. <laughs> like, honestly, like I didn't, I never really seen, like I never saw it as something that like, it was like, oh my God, like it was just regular to me. Like, um, and I think that also comes with the fact that like, I grew with my prosthesis. Like yeah. there's a lot of people out um, who, who suffer from traumatic experiences that they grow up with two legs and they know what that's like, and they know what it's like to be their sense of normal. You know what I'm saying? So my only normal was me. And that's like, that's, that's just how I saw it. Um, and obviously like there's definitely like stories where like, I remember when I was in kindergarten and, um, I know, uh, I know like what what's your situation with females and like have you has it ever come up in conversation and when I was in kindergarten um, my first experience not my first experience with a girl but like my first experience like showing a girl my leg like she literally like was horrified and like cried and like ran away and it was like I mean I still I like I still talk to her this day like Jackie Bukowski that's my girl shout out to her but like at that point she like you know what I'm saying like i never had had anybody do that for to me and and she had probably never seen somebody take their leg off before.
2: First, uh sorry, ladies and gentlemen, ran into a little bit of technical issues. <laughs> Got to go ahead <laughs> in there, but um, we're
0: adapting, though. That's what this episode is all about. We adapting. That's exactly. it. Exactly. I was like Corey must... adapted his outfit real quick. <laughs> we good. <laughs> oh, for
1: real.
2: Oh, for real. Okay. For real. Oh, yeah, man. for real. But um, Corey, uh, you you said you had a question before uh, it paused. We were kind of on top of um, adjusting, basically, to out of sport life. It's easy to, you know, we know that he he was he just kind of did it. It wasn't a big deal for him. But you were going into a few questions. Yeah. We're, so- we're
1: kind of we we're, we weren't even finished up with that one. It was just getting juicy where we were <laughs> talking about like the girl situation. If you want to elaborate on that, if you remember what we were talking about.
0: For sure I do. Um, I know we were talking about my first experience ever showing a girl my leg. Um, And that was when I was in kindergarten. Um, I forget what I want to say. Was it? Yeah, it was kindergarten, Miss Ficcarelli's class. Um, And I I showed a girl, we were like, we were doing like some, it was like sharing time or something like that. And it just ended up that me and um, this girl were like, next to each other I forget where it was like next to the cubby hose table whatever and she was like oh like could you show me your leg and me being who I was I just was like yeah just started taking it off showed her and she just started like bawling out crying like hysterically and like ran away um and that was like one of my first experiences ever really showing anybody my leg nonetheless like a female or anything like that so it was definitely like that was definitely like a, not like a scarring experience, but it's something that like, I remember clearly, like I could vividly paint the picture for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but like fast forward, like to, to my life now, like I think for me, um, it's never been an issue for me, like ever, like I've, to be honest with you, I feel like I've probably like used it in my favor more than I've ever had it actually stop me from anything. Um, I can't recall, honestly, like, if there were any girls that ever turned me down because of my leg, because that's not something I'm really interested in. Like, if you turn me down, and that's just kind of like, okay, like, (laughs) I would go my way, you go your way. That's your loss. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, But um, honestly, like, it's more of like a chemistry thing. Like, most of the time for people who I connect with, like, it just happens naturally. Um, like I said before, like people don't really ever notice it for the most part with me, like I'm in a below the knee amputee, which is basically like I was amputated above my ankle. So the way my prosthesis was set up, especially before, like I would, honestly, I was more self-conscious. So I would have a leg where it looked like a regular leg. So you would never know the difference unless you like actually, unless I wore shorts or unless I like took it off or something like that, you wouldn't know. Um, but nowadays, like I wear a different prosthesis and I wear a different, um, I wear a different prosthetic foot to where you like, I mean, obviously, if you're like looking at me, you're going to see, but from my gait and from everything like that, you could never tell. But I'm actually like, I embrace it and I'm proud of it, which is where I, why I wear a, a prosthetic foot that it kind of sticks out the back of my pant leg. So you can kind of see it. It's not like the most stylish, but at the same time, like I embrace it. And it's part of me. So I want people to see it more or less now. Um, When I was younger, it was more or less like I would hide it. I would wear high socks when I was playing basketball. Um, I would wear pants in the summertime sometimes. Like I was definitely self-conscious about it. Um, But as I just started to grow and honestly, it it was a big leap and change for me when I was able to start traveling with AMP One and meet more amputees because the more amputees I met, the more people that I met, even when their situations were maybe worse than worse off than mine, like they full heartedly embraced it, like embodied it like this is me, this is my this this is it, this is what I got, and this like you can either choose to like kind of take me or leave me how I am you know what i 'm saying, and honestly it that really kind of influenced me a lot because I started to really realize the power in just accepting my situation and embodying it and embracing it. Um, and then from there, it just kind of like, it evolved to where it's like now, like, um, you know, th- like this is, like I said, this is part of me, you know, this is this is my life. It's before it was kind of like a curse. Like I was like, oh, why do I got this? Why, why this is gonna stop me from being able to, you know, I wanna play in the NBA and I wanna do all these things. It's gonna stop me. Like, why, why did I have to be this way? Um, But now it's evolved to the point where I just realized how much of a blessing um, being an amputee has been for me because it's brought me all over the country. It's brought me all over the world. It's allowed me to grow. It's brought me opportunity. Um, It's brought me um, a perspective. And honestly, it's really shown me that um, this is like no means to want to give up. Like it's never something that I should have looked at and said, oh, well, I have this so now I can't do that like can't isn't really in my vocabulary like there's nothing really that I can't do um it's just about um being able to put your head kind of into it and lock in and also honestly embrace who you are like being different is kind of something that I not only do I embrace but I encourage everybody to kind of like step out and really um really embrace themselves like if you're different like that is a great quality about yourself like I don't care if you do you somebody who nobody can take serious because you always make them laugh. Well, then you got a gift right there. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if you're somebody who maybe you might not be the smartest in the room or you might, might be the most intelligent, but you're the person who always gets stuff done. Um, There's a place for that too. And I just think it's um, embracing the gifts that God gives you in your life. Like a lot of people, are searching like their whole lives to try to find their purpose. But I think a lot of the times when you look within yourself and you look at the blessings that God's given you and the life that he's blessed you with, and you look around you and the people that he's blessed you with um, and the opportunity that he's blessed you with, it really kind of shapes the way you think and the way you see yourself. Um, and I think a lot changed for me as well when I kind of got closer to my spiritual side and got closer to my faith. Cause that's when I really started to embrace what God's purpose was for me, like maybe God's purpose, like God's purpose wasn't for me to be in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? God's purpose wasn't for me to be a D1 college athlete, although I wish I was. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or a D2 or a D3. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't in His will for me that to be for that path to be for me. But the path that He's developed for me, and the path that He set out for me, and the work that He has for me, um, I embrace because it's shown me what my gift is. And that's to be able to be a service to others, to be able to be somebody for somebody who thought that there is nobody. And that's what people were for me. So I feel like it's like my purpose to be be able to pay that back forward again. Um, Because there's someone out there like me, who's looking for me, to be able to say, okay, I've never seen somebody like this before, or, or I can be this or I can have these opportunities with the circumstances that I was given for sure.
1: It's tremendous, That is, that is tremendous. I needed to hear that. Let's oh, go, need to <laughs> work out right now. My goodness, let's <laughs> <laughs> oh, go. Um, so, based, based off that, what you just said, what other advice would you
0: give to a kid that's in your situation? Um, honestly my best advice that i could give somebody would be that first you have to put faith first like you have to put god first um you have to work hard um you have to put your family first um and you always got to strive to be the best version of yourself um i think all three of those work synonymously so you can have always strive to be the best person of yourself and that can be great, but you're doing it for you. And that won't, you won't be able to maintain. When you put God and you put your family into the mix and you're still working hard at the same time, that gives you purpose. That gives you a reason to maintain. That gives you a reason to continue to move forward and wanna excel and wanna make new goals, crush goals and make new goals. Um, and it gives, you, it gives you the energy. Like for me, if I was just doing this for myself, like I would've stopped a long time ago. Yeah. But what pushes me is to see other people that, not only people that I have met, but also people that I haven't met yet, that are pushing, that continue to push even after they achieve certain goals and achieve certain things. Um, and I just think by like, going back to what I said before, that goes, to, goes into unlocking your gift. And I think once you unlock your gift and you embrace it and you embody it, then the work becomes easy. It yeah. doesn't become hard anymore. It becomes easy because you have purpose and you're moving with purpose. And
2: that's for everyone. doesn't Everybody. matter if you're an able-bodied person. That's for everyone. Everybody. It, it's, it's on you. And then once you, fr- once you figure out your why with the surrounding influences, then, hey, the, the, the journey just starting there.
0: And the how becomes more clearer. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think, I think lastly, um, the biggest thing that helped me was prioritizing those. Um, and not necessarily making a one, two, and three, but making those things, those pillars, or th- that foundation a priority in my life. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you can just go, it can go without being said, but until you actually put the time in and you invest in yourself in those ways, then it really start, you start to see the results. The same way we invest in ourselves when we get in the gym and we work out in the You're same speaking, way- speaking, invest-
2: Corey. You're speaking you know, right now. <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah, he, he's speaking. We don't even, listen, we don't even need to go. Dude, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, they're going to have to start paying for this, bro. <laughs> we're
1: going to tune to episode number eight, when we bring them right back on. Yeah, we
0: going to have to have you back. I'm telling you. For sure,
2: man. We're, I'm we're here, to, man. Yeah, I'm I'm for here.
0: sure. I'm here. You make the call, I'm here, bro. Sure. Yo, gotcha. Corey,
2: end this. Come on. You know we finished. Handles, everything.
0: All right. First and foremost, I want to thank you for being a
1: part of Passion Changes Everything. Honestly, bro, from the bottom of my heart, bro. You're 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 the first guest that I don't know personally, but I need to meet you. I have to meet you in person. We have for to. We're sure. gonna
0: make it happen. We are making it happen for sure. It's a pleasure to be here, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. This is like this is amazing, and it's amazing what you guys are doing, man. It's gonna make a huge impact. I don't think you guys even see how big of impact you're gonna make with what you're doing. I so just, I appreciate you, man. For sure.
2: Uh, handles handles how can we how can the people reach you
0: so you can find me um, on instagram at jovan booker athlete that's my personal page uh, my main page you can reach out to me i will answer back i will follow back Um, and then i'm on facebook i know people don't really use facebook no more but at jovan booker Um, and yeah you go follow amp one basketball as well they have an instagram they also have a facebook page and also follow U.S. Amputee Soccer. Um, We're getting ready to actually go on a special journey, so make sure you tune in. um, Make sure you lock into that. And I'm also getting ready to go to Israel for five months, so definitely follow my page, follow my my handles, and just join me with my journey um, as I'm continuing on my path. For sure. Thank you again
1: for being a part of Passion Changes Everything. Yes, sir. Let's Thank go. You.
2: Being a part of the fam. Let's go.
0: Let's go, man. Let's go. Uh,
2: any any uh last any last things are we good? Every anyone. Any last any last words?
0: Man, I just again man, I just want to say like y'all really are doing it though. Like y'all really are doing it. And I think anybody who's watching, um which I know there's plenty of people that look up to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't know you, Corey, but I'm sure that there's people in your circle that look up to you as well. Um, take note um, and, and and really try to find whatever your gift is and put in the same time and same effort into it as you guys are doing right now. Because y'all are laying, y'all giving free game right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is free sauce. Like, people are, like, getting free sauce. So just, um, just for real, anybody watching, just really take notes and really try to find what you can do and, and just do it because you guys are doing it right now. And I'm just a pleasure to be a part of it. For sure.